What's going on, FA Nation? Welcome back once again. Two-minute drill, recapping recapping the biggest storylines from Week 10 of the fantasy football season. Overall, really strange week for season-long fantasy DFS. Uh, I, I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, I'm joined by Mike Alexander, as always. Uh, sorry for not introducing you, Mike, but uh, I had a really bad week. I lost about every meaningful season-long matchup. I lost a lot of money in DFS, which is fine. You know, we were coming off three straight weeks of a lot of success uh so we were due i was especially due for a bad week uh but what did you take away from this week you know we saw some really weird uh timeshares especially with aaron jones and jamal williams splitting work early on another disappointing outing from michael thomas mike davis and duke johnson were chalk this week but they failed to show up mm-hmm. yeah. what was your biggest takeaway from such a bizarre week yeah, you know, it's interesting. The uh, It seems like everybody was really disappointed early on, especially uh, during the main slate. And, um, I, you know, my, my, my luck managed to continue. I, 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 I matched a lot of the chalk, Mike Davis, Aaron Jones, and, you know, that wasn't a problem because everybody had them. Yep. Uh, I managed to avoid Duke Johnson. I didn't trust that one, especially in the windy conditions. And then, you know, you, you use some of the right people at receiver uh, and, and quarterback. So um, I feel like people have started, I don't know whether it's a, a fatigue issue, but like in cash lineups, you're seeing a lot of unforced errors, I feel like, even from smart people, you know, guys that are content producers, you know, that uh, like Justin Jackson, that was just, you know, for me, that was an unforced error. So I think you need to sit sit down and really think contextually about the people you're using in the lineup is, is there a path to them not hitting value because everybody gets, you know, too, too quick to jump on the Duke Johnson train. Like, Oh, you know, it's Duke Johnson. He's going to get a hundred percent of the, of the work. And he did. And he, and he still didn't give you any value. So you have to ask that question. Is, is there, how, how likely is that? Um, But yeah, it's, it's, you know, NFL is getting really strange. Uh, Just just Michael Thomas not being good. I have such a hard time accepting that. Uh, we saw DeAndre Swift have another huge game. Um, you know, he's emerging, breaking out. Do you, What do you think is his rest of season ranking? Do you think he finishes as a top 15 running back? Not necessarily on the year, only because his workload was so spotty to begin the year. But rest of season, you know, going forward, is he a top, 10, is he a top 15 running back rest of season for you? I feel like, yeah. Uh, that, that every time we're, you know, almost every game, it seems like he's – absorbing more of that backfield uh, each time we see him um, you know he's clearly their most talented running back the the guy that the coaching staff prefers um, you know you you have blips here and there where it kind of does go sideways a little bit but uh, I think I think more often than not Detroit will be either trailing in games or having to just stay in a shootout. And he's the guy. Swift is the guy that can they can have you know electricity on the field, uh, whether it's a screen, a draw, a swing pass, whatever it might be. You know, AP is kind of toast, and I think they reluctantly have admitted that. You know, you look at his snaps; they've trended down into the, the teens. You know, twenty last week because the game script kind of allowed it, but then seven um, this week. So. Um, I, I think that the writing is on the wall. They, they want to see what they have in Swift uh, in a full-time uh, workload. All right. This is the week for quarterback injuries. Drew Brees will be out about two to three games at the minimum with a few cracked ribs. Drew Locke is also likely to miss some time as well. He was playing hurt. 
Teddy Bridgewater's knee injury isn't serious, but he's doubtful for Sunday's game. So it looks like the Panthers will be without Teddy Bridgewater and Christian McCaffrey this upcoming week. In the short term, if you're looking for a replacement at quarterback, do you think Jameis Winston is actually better for the Saints pass catchers than Drew Brees from a fantasy perspective? I would say yes, only in that, as weird as it is to say, I feel like any quarterback is better for the Saints pass catchers that aren't named Alvin Kamara. Uh, you know, it, it's it's clear that, that Brees maybe came back and, and made an, a mistake doing that in that he, you know, the, the arm strength has really fallen off. Uh, just being a smart decision maker kind of isn't enough, um, it, it seems like, this year. So it's going to be a, a wild ride to see where, where Jameis falls, as always. You know, you, you look at his, his time in Tampa. Uh, he had um, Dirk Cutter was, was his, you know, his, his first coach. Um, and then uh, his, his last coach was uh, everybody's favorite guy, Bruce Arians, in, in his very vertical offense. So those were two offenses that really prioritized taking shots downfield. And Jameis evolved around that and became a, a turnover machine. Um, the Saints are the opposite. They, they want you to play very safe. They want you to use the, the high uh, percentage throws. And he's a decent quarterback from the perspective of he's got a good arm. Uh, he can run the ball if he needs to. He's big. He's got pocket presence. So the tools are there. It's the decision-making that had become the big problem with him. But you, you forget, when he came out of college, like he was supposed to be the next big thing. It, it was, he was the total package. Uh, didn't didn't materialize in Tampa, but I think the Saints made a really sharp move signing him, and, and it could probably work out, especially if he does lean into the, all right, you know, I, I don't have to win the game with this one throw. I can throw it to Alvin Kamara, and that guy will take it 40 yards for me. How do you feel about Alex Smith as a possible streamer this week for fantasy? Um, since he's taken over for Kyle Allen, you know, back-to-back games of over 300 passing yards, he set a career high. And I think completions, attempts, and passing yards on Sunday did not find the end zone. But luckily, uh, next week, Washington does play Cincinnati. Uh, They're allowing multiple passing touchdowns to opposing quarterbacks in six straight games. Is Alex Smith someone that you're maybe interested in streaming, possibly in a deeper league, or, you know, if you just don't trust Jameis Winston enough? Right. I think the nice thing about Alex Smith is is the efficiency. You know, you you don't have to worry about um, turnovers and – there is the, you know, before he had that injury, there were the games where it's like he's having a hard time just cracking 200 passing yards. But that was a different offense, a different coaching staff. Uh, it seems like he's a really ideal fit for this offense. They do want to dump the ball off to, to the running backs. You, you you forget that this was the staff that was in Carolina uh, and, and made CMC into somewhat of what he was or what he is. Um, and they've got some nice, nice pieces there in Antonio Gibson, and uh, J.D. McKissick, two guys who are very capable pass catchers, you know, especially Gibson, a former wide receiver, I believe. Uh, so that's that's right up Alex Smith's alley. You know, I'll I'll I don't have to push the ball downfield. I can just find the guy, you know, uh, at the line of scrimmage who's the best option. Sure, sign me up for that. So, um, in a deeper league for sure, you know, your ten or twelve team leagues, you you know, you'd have to probably have a pretty uh, tough go of it to to want to pick up Alex Smith, but. You know, it's it's a safer option. He's probably not going to um, fail you at quarterback. I think you know, you can you can rely on fifteen points out of him, 
and win with the rest of your lineup. All right, the tight end position uh, absolutely sucked this past weekend. <laughs> Rob Gronkowski, Mark Andrews, they led all tight ends with 13.1 PPR points. That's good. Um, but, you know, we, we hyped up the depth at this position in the offseason, and it, it <laughs> completely sucks. We've talked about it before. Only two startable tight ends this week found the end zone, and that's Gronk and Hunter Henry. And, you know, Gronk got 13.1 points with just two catches. He was lucky to find the end zone. Um, aside from Travis Kelsey, who was on by this past week, who do you like most at the position rest of season, or is there someone that you're maybe trying to keep on your radar as either a waiver target or someone you may try to buy low? So for somebody in that vein, uh, I think Tyler Higby is an interesting option. Uh, he, he caught three of six targets for 60 yards against against the Seahawks. Uh, but Cooper Cup, just, you know, something's off there. That, that resulted in Josh Reynolds having a big game. Um, yeah, we don't know what that's going to mean long term. Is, is Cup definitely going to be down or, or is he going to be limited? But I think Higby is the guy that can probably scheme the best into some of that cup role. Uh, he, he's a good athlete. He can get open underneath. Uh, they've shown, you know, when, when they see the opening to game script Higby, he's had huge games. Um, and just maybe pull up their schedule real quick. Uh, if they play the, the Cardinals ever, uh, that that's where Higby has shine has shown in his, uh, his previous, um, time, uh, last year at the end of the year. And, uh, Do you worry about Gerald Everett at all if you're if you're this high on Tyler Higby? That's always a concern. That that did coincide last season with Higby's uh, you know high watermark. Yeah, they've got two games against the Cardinals still. Uh, I guess one of them is Week 17, so that doesn't help you. Um, but uh, yeah, you get the Cardinals in a couple of weeks there, uh, and then you know uh, some some divisional games which can go. They can either be really tight scoring or they can turn into shootouts. You never know in that division. So um, he's an option. Um, you know, other than that, it's, it's really tough sledding. Uh, even everybody's uh, darling Dallas Goddard let us down this week. Yeah. I was really high on uh, Mike Kosicki, uh with Isaiah Ford getting shipped off to new England, mm-hmm. Preston Williams falling on IR. This just seemed like a spot where maybe they line Gesicki up at the slot more, get him featured. And I think he had four or five targets, only two catches. The annoying thing about Miami is that they have so many guys at tight end, and I think they all also have um, a wide receiver. And it's all these tall white dudes with the number eight on their jersey. And every time one of them catches the ball, I always think it's Gesicki. And then I'm always <laughs> upset and pissed off when it's not Gesicki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Been there. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll move on. Uh, pivoting back to the quarterback position, uh, a couple elder statesmen at the quarterback position put up some solid performances. Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, these are two guys that have plenty of weapons at their disposal. If you had to pick one pass catching group to trust going forward, who is it? Are you taking Pittsburgh and, you know, Juju, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Eric Ebron to an extent? Or are you going with Tampa Bay with Godwin, Evans, Gronk, Antonio Brown? Like, which which group do you trust more going forward? would lean into Pittsburgh, especially if they're at home. Uh, it it's, seems to me to be the more stable situation, given that everyone's healthy. You know, Ben, Big Ben did have some elbow concerns last week. Deontay Johnson, you know, the, the Twitter, the trending Twitter uh, post this week is like, Deontay, John, Deontay Johnson either gets hurt or smashes the slate um, at 5K. Uh, you know, so he didn't get hurt early, so he smashed the slate. 
but you know, you also saw the two touchdowns to Claypool. I took Claypool out of a lineup knowing that there was going to be some wind in that game. I thought, oh, you know, Deontay Johnson's the better play. He can probably do more underneath. Uh, but, you know, Clay, Claypool's just continued being a, a revelation for that team. So I, I would opt for, for that that way. But we talked about Tom Brady last week, and he has a pretty solid schedule the rest of the way. A lot of home games. He's got two dome games that are that are in nice domes to play in uh, for scoring. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think the, the Bucks offense, though it may be inconsistent, could definitely be uh, a source of scoring for you the rest of the way. All right. We, uh, we kind of need to talk about the Buffalo-Arizona game almost by default. It's a surprise that it took us this long. Um, but obviously, you know, everyone's marveling at the catch that DeAndre Hopkins made to win the game, um, walk off with a win. There's so much to take away from this from a fantasy perspective and just from an NFL divisional landscape perspective, considering, you know, the loss, uh, Buffalo's loss and wins from Miami and New England kind of tighten up the race in the AFC East. Um, Arizona winning kind of locks in three NFC West teams. Not not doesn't lock them in, but they're sitting comfortably uh, in the playoff standings right now. We also have the injury to John Brown. Uh, the Bills are luckily on bye next week, so he may return. We don't know the extent of the severity of the injury yet. If he does miss time, this is that means good things for Cole Beasley, who still had a really good game. And Kenyon Drake was back, and he had 100 yards rushing on 16 carries. But oddly enough, like it's – you know, Chase Edmonds almost needs Kenyon Drake to be good because when Chase Edmonds got the, the the heavy workload against Miami last week, it didn't do much, but Arizona was moronically running him up the middle when the pockets were collapsing. So I just rambled for a lot. I do apologize, but like there was a lot to take away from this game. What was something that, like what were your biggest, you know, takeaways from, from this game? Aside from DeAndre Hopkins uh being an absolute animal with jump balls. Yeah, grown man. Uh you know that that it feels like so many Cardinals games. That's there's just so many different takeaways. There's, it's been a wild ride for the for the Cardinals. Uh, you know, it was it was we had let let Chase Edmonds cook, and then Chase Edmonds can't fail, and then Chase Edmonds did fail, and uh, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, um, I I would really like to see them get back to the early ways of targeting Hopkins so heavily. You know, Christian Kirk getting healthy kind of made that not a necessity anymore, but. I, I think they were at their best when they were when he was keeping the offense humming. Um, you know, maybe it's not practical to, to target him at the ridiculous rate they were, and that could be part of it. But, you know, they're trying to not wear him out, and uh, maybe they have some playoff aspirations. Uh, but yeah, that's you know, the, the Kyler is is going to find a way to keep them in games with his legs. That's been the story of the year. Do you think Kyler is now the favorite for MVP? Because I mean, over the last couple of weeks, we've seen. Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, you know, we've all seen them enter the discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russ, I don't think the game on Sunday does anything to help uh, Russell yeah. Wilson. Josh Allen had that really bad stretch. Do you feel like right now it's just Kyler and Mahomes uh, as the favorites for the MVP? Yeah, and I'd lean heavily to Mahomes. Uh, yeah. I think Kyler, if the rushing gets tapered, um, he's gonna. there's going to be games where, sure, he can do it with the passing, but... I think he's got games coming down the stretch here in the final six games that the rushing is going to be keyed on and taken away and the passing won't be there. Uh, and that just kind of, you have a ho-hum game. You, you fall out of the running as we've seen with, with even names like, like Russell Wilson. So uh, I don't, I don't have that same concern about Mahomes. He's the, the, the end all and be all to that, that Casey offense. All right, real quick. What game are you looking forward to next week? Week 11. 
Well, that segues nicely from Patrick Mahomes to Chiefs Raiders. Uh, That's what I do. That's what I do. <laughs> Andy Reid coming out of a bye week is going to be the thing you will hear all week long. Uh, so I, I get to be the first to say it early in the week. And uh, <laughs> he's got a great record for good reason. The man is a great planner. He, he can draw plays really well. Uh, and Patrick Mahomes uh, and and the Chiefs are going to be looking to avenge their only loss of the season. Yeah. They're not going to go 0-2 against the Raiders. I think they're going to smash them in the Dome there. Uh, another nice little perk. They're going to be in the in the Las Vegas Dome. So um, roster them at all costs, especially Kelsey. Like we talked about, tight end is so bad. Just just put them in and hope that the, the, you know, the targets and production are, are going to remain consistent. All right. Good stuff, Mike. Thank you for your time, as always. Best of luck to you this week, and best of luck to the FA Nation.